Let us pray. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Genesis 21, 22. Lord, thank you that through your faithfulness, you watch over your word to make sure that no one of your promises falls short. Thank you that even though time passes, your word to me and my family will come to pass. I praise you because even through family dysfunction, you still preserve your promise for us all. Even when I experience moments of abandonment like Hagar and Ishmael, I know you will provide divine miracles and refreshing wells for me to drink from. Thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayers. Thank you for the warrior spirit you've placed in me. Thank you for showering me with talent and grace. I will continue in my attitude of gratitude by also thanking you for your many signs of steadfast love and for making all things work together for my good. My future is safe, and my promise is secure in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for making prayer a priority in your day. To learn more about the Bible, stay tuned for today's story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com A Plan for Ishmael Before this story we learned about Abraham and how he told King Abimelech, Sarah is my sister, to protect himself. He took her, but God warned him in a dream and restored Abraham and Sarah. Now we will learn about how Abraham and Sarah will have a son named Isaac, just as God promised, inspired by the book of Genesis. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. A long-awaited birth, that's where we begin today. Long-awaited seems like an understatement. Abraham and Sarah have waited and prayed and strayed so many times over these decades, and now God is giving them a son, Isaac. It's a joyous celebration of a promise fulfilled, but not everyone is thrilled. And today we're going to see what happens with Abraham's first son, Ishmael, and his mother, Hagar. As you listen to the story, try to imagine what each of the characters would have been feeling. Sarah, who finally has her son and now sees him being mistreated by the offspring of her servant, Hagar, whom she gave to Abraham to try to speed up and short-circuit God's plan. Ishmael, the eldest son who knows he's not the chosen one, he was not received with this kind of fanfare and jubilation. And Hagar, who is sitting on the sidelines again, knowing that Sarah holds a deep contempt for her and her son, even though it was her idea, Sarah's idea in the very beginning. And think of Abraham, caught in the crossfire, trying to handle such a very messy family situation with wisdom, caring for his new son and his oldest son and his wife, Sarah. Finally, watch how God works in the situation to bring good out of such a dysfunctional family dynamic. How once again, he pours grace out on his children, just as he does for you and me. Now, 
Let's listen to the passage today and hear Ishmael's story. Abraham was a hundred years old, and Sarah was ninety years old. At last, the promises of God were realized. After months of an unexpected pregnancy, Sarah gave birth to a son. The promised Son of God emerged from the once barren womb of Sarah. Abraham named him Isaac, which means laughter, a suitable name, since Sarah's old age had made it impossible for her to have children, yet nothing was impossible for God. Sarah rejoiced, saying, God has made laughter for me, and everyone who hears of this will laugh over me, for I have had a child in my old age. Isaac grew older, and when he was weaned, Abraham held a great feast in his honor. During the feast, Sarah noticed that Ishmael, the son of her servant Hagar, was scoffing at Isaac. Ishmael, no doubt feeling jealous and unloved, looked upon Isaac with contempt. Sarah erupted with anger and once again lashed out at Abraham and Hagar. Banish this slave woman and her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. Abraham grieved over this. Though Ishmael was a son born from disobedience, he was his son nonetheless. Distressed and frustrated, Abraham looked to God once again. Be not disheartened because of the boy and his mother, God said. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for I have chosen Isaac to be your heir. Yet I will not forget Ishmael, and I will make a great nation out of him as well. So Abraham did as the Lord and Sarah had asked. He packed water and food and sent Hagar and Ishmael into the wilderness alone. Abraham, who had spent years raising Ishmael, said his final goodbye. The two wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, slowly losing water, food, and hope. The days grew longer and the nights colder. Thirsty, starving, and alone, Hagar had lost all hope. She let Ishmael sleep under a bush and walked several yards away. She could not bear to watch him die, so she would abandon him altogether. Hagar, as she did before when in despair, lifted her voice to heaven, and God, as he did before, heard her. Fear not, for I have heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up your child, and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation just as I promised. Soon after, Hagar discovered a well filled with water. The two drank, regained their strength, and found a life for themselves. God continued with Ishmael. As he promised, he showered Ishmael with grace, giving him talent and a warrior's spirit. Hagar would do right by her son, finding him an Egyptian wife and helping him start a family. This would be another sign of the steadfast love of God working in family brokenness, restoring all things to make them better. The birth of a child is an occasion that calls for great celebration as a new life enters the world. This is true of any birth. So how much more was this true for the birth of Isaac? For years and years, God had promised the day would come, and finally, it was here. 
I love how Sarah again turns to laughter, this time a laughter of joy and astonishment at what has happened, what God has done. We've seen her laugh in disbelief before. Now is the laugh of faith. Now she is experiencing pure joy. And not only that, she knows that she will no longer be laughed at by others, but laughed with. Look at what it says in Genesis 21, 6 and 7. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Once Isaac was weaned around the age of two or three, there was a great feast in his honor. This was, after all, cause for extravagant celebration. I can just imagine the party that Abraham and Sarah threw for their son, their pride and joy, the fulfillment of God's promise. But not everyone was excited. Someone who was bound to feel left out, rejected, and replaced. His name is Ishmael. Ishmael, no doubt he wasn't anyone's first choice other than Hagar, his mother. He probably knew this day would come, but now that it was here, the sting of rejection would have been almost too much to bear. This child, of course, had done nothing to him, but his existence alone was a threat and an insult. So what did he do? Ishmael mocked Isaac. Sarah witnessed this and understandably burned with anger. She would protect this child, her child, at all costs especially from the son of her servant, Hagar, whom she had resented for years. So she tells Abraham to drive them off, send them away into the wilderness. Abraham is torn. He doesn't know what to do. He cares deeply for both his sons and for his wife and for Hagar. There seems to be no good answer. So what does he do? You and I often face tough issues possibly even family strife and separation. Situations that seemingly have no solutions. We can try to figure it out ourselves and risk making things even worse, or we can do what Abraham did. He turned to God. And God told him to remember his first loyalty, his first commitment, the one to his wife, Sarah. Isaac is, after all, the one through whom God's promise of a chosen people, a great nation to rescue all other nations, would be fulfilled. This does not mean that God neglected Ishmael and Hagar or that he would abandon them. He reassures Abraham of this very thing, saying that he will also make Ishmael into a great nation because he is Abraham's descendant. Wandering in the wilderness, nearly out of water, it probably seemed to Hagar and Ishmael that God had forgotten them. But at the right moment, God comes in and rescues them, promising Hagar that he would prosper Ishmael and multiply his descendants as well. One thing this passage shows us is that God's blessings and promises for one person, in the case of Isaac, do not preclude him from also blessing others, people like you and me. And rather than envying and mocking Isaac, Ishmael could rest in what God has also promised him, knowing God will deliver just as he is doing to Isaac, that he would deliver Ishmael. This is still a very tragic and sad story. A family has forever been divided, but God's grace abounds, and even in the messiness of his family, he blesses and provides according to his purpose and fulfillment of his promises.
God, thank you for the story of Isaac and Ishmael. Thank you for the hope it gives us for your ability to intervene in family conflicts and strife and bring about blessing for all who are involved. May we trust in you and the promises that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a difference in their lives. And if you want more resources as to how you can know and trust God more and more in your life, be sure and visit jackgraham.org. God bless you.